Good morning, church. It's great to see everyone here this morning. I hope you're doing well. hope you're braving the uh, colder weather. It's a little bit, little bit cool out there, that's for sure. Um, it's come a bit earlier, I think, this year, or from my um, experience of Canberra anyway. Um, but let me just pray. I want to invite the Holy Spirit. He is here, but let me just pray that um, he would speak to our hearts this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come, I believe, in our time of worship, and, and we've invited your presence, and wholeheartedly, we need you to move. We need you to do what none of us can, and that is the work on the heart. That is, that is a deep work, and that is done by your precious word being preached. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, this morning that you would speak to hearts and people individually, and let us not stay the same. Let us continue to move forward, becoming more and more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to preach a sermon I've, I've titled, and I'll kind of share the background again in a second. The King, the King Speaks, okay? The King Speaks. A couple of weeks ago, I, I preached a sermon called The King Speaks, but I've added something to it. The King Speaks, Are You Listening? He Speaks, But Are You Listening? So that's where I want to go this morning. And just a little bit of a background a couple of weeks ago, I shared that I've, I've had the opportunity recently to uh, do an online course. Uh, Tanya Harris does a great course. It's The God Conversations. And um, the book that I'm reading is um, A Church That Hears the Voice of God. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about pastoring a church that hears the voice of God. Because, you know, it's one thing to come and hear the voice of God through His Word and through the preaching on Sunday. But I want to share with you that you can hear the voice of God on a daily basis in your workplace, with your family members, in your financial uh, decision making. You can hear the voice and the wisdom of God. And so I'm passionate about you know, pa- uh, pastoring a church. Joe and I are passionate about that, to be able to have people that hear the voice of God. And Because who knows that when you hear the voice of God... You know, we grow and we, we move forward in, in, in him, don't we? We don't stay the same because he's going he's gonna to teach us and, and he's going to share with us where we need to go. Um, and so that being said, I want to continue along that theme. Oh, before I do, one of the stories um, I shared was that, you know, in the Old Testament, right, how God would speak would be through prophets and through a select few hearing from God. So if you were one of those, you know, like Abraham, you'd hear from God. It was amazing. Or if you're one of the prophets, you would hear from God and then you would go communicate to the people. So we would be waiting to hear, you know, the prophets' words that are coming from God. But the game changer happened in the New Testament when Jesus came and then, of course, he ascended to heaven. He gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh, on young and old. And suddenly, right, the mediation of the prophet is no longer necessary. I'm not, not saying that there aren't prophets and giftings of prophecy on people's lives. Absolutely. But the point is, the Holy Spirit now you know, gives young and old dreams and visions and, and, and teaches us and speaks to us Right, not through the mediation of a prophet, but directly to us. It was an absolute game changer. Men of God, prophets of old, would have dreamed 
of living in a day that you and I are living in today, where you can hear God's voice and where you can act when you hear his voice. And one of the stories I shared was Samuel. And of course, he is an Old Testament character and he was you know, part of the Old Covenant, right? But I just use the example that he grew up in the temple and yet when God called out to him and said, Samuel, he didn't know the voice of God. And on three occasions, he's, he was called, his, his name was called Samuel, and he, he, he did not, he went to Eli and said, um, you called me. And he said, no, I didn't call you. On the third occasion, Eli said, go back, and the next time you hear the voice, realize that it's actually God, and, 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 and you know, say, hey, um, I'm listening. And so he does that. But the point being, isn't it amazing that you can be in a Christian environment, be brought up perhaps in a church, know the Christian lingo, and yet still not hear the voice of God. So along that theme, I want to segue into the new sermon for today. The king speaks, are you listening? Are you listening? And let me set the, the uh, stage by sharing a couple thoughts. There are two types of knowledge of God. Two types of knowledge of God, okay? As I share the two types of knowledge, ask yourself, which of the two relates to you? This is your application for today. Which one relates to me, okay? The first kind of knowledge, which is very familiar to us in the West and reflects the Greek preference for knowledge, is called cerebral knowledge, okay? Cerebral knowledge. As lovers of knowledge, the Greeks were steeped in rationality and into intellectualism, okay? Rational way of thinking and intellect. In the Greek tradition, knowledge involves a standing back, okay? It's a standing back from something in order to objectively know it. It is abstract, in that it can be separated from a person's story, right? And obtained apart from one's response to God. As we continue to learn this kind of knowledge, maybe you can think of characters in the Bible that seem as if they fit this description. It is the type of information that is recited in creeds. Okay, and found in systematic theology, uh, the, uh, theology books. Sorry. So knowing how to memorize, perhaps, share scripture, you know, by, by memory, right? The, the difference of this knowledge to the other knowledge I'm about to share is in the outcome. Okay, so let me make this a, a bit more, um, I think, uh, what is it called? digestible. I, I know a lot about the Penrith Panthers. I do. I have a great knowledge about the Penrith Panthers. I mean, I read statistics. I know the players. I probably know all the players. I know when they won, um, when they lost. I know scores. If you ask my son Isaac, he knows even more. He knows the weight of players, right? And he'll sit there and he'll ask us to guess every single player's weight, and we, 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 we go on and on. Um, but the point is, I have a knowledge 
of the Penrith Panthers. I do. But it's a different kind of knowing. It's not the kind of knowing, right, that I'm going to speak about in a second. Although I know a lot, it's different to what this other knowledge is. The next type of knowledge only comes with personal interaction. Okay, personal interaction. Students of epistemology call this type of knowledge experiential. The Hebrew language of the Old Testament calls it yada. I hope I've said that right. Yada is the knowledge that stems um, from experience and is based on relationship. So remember, I'm asking you which, which knowledge of God best describes you. Okay, this is the application side of the sermon for today. So Yala, yeah, it, it, it stems from, okay, so it, in most frequently depicted in Scripture in the form of people's stories. The other important feature of this type of knowledge is how it is obtained. Okay, Scripture teaches us that it comes from hearing God's voice and following it. It always... It always involves action. Okay, so remember the other kind of knowledge was abstract and it's, um, it's, it's objective in, in your ability to understand and to know it. Not necessarily something that you're living and breathing. It's just something that you're full of, right? But it doesn't involve action. This one involves action. The Apostle John reflects this type of knowledge when he writes... We know that we have come to know him, who is him, God, if we keep his commands. There's the action. There's the action. That's 1 John 2, 3. I didn't have that one up on the screen there, Sonny. The difference of this knowledge to the other knowledge is in the outcome. Now, let me share to help you maybe grasp this kind of knowledge. Is I would, A good example would be my wife. I know her. I know her well. I know that she, I know her love language is, you know, uh, words of affirmation and, and, and actions of affirmation. She loves kindness, right? I know my wife well. You know, I know my wife that well that without her saying anything, um, I often know what she's thinking. I know what blesses her without her asking me to you know, do this or that. I know what blesses her. Anyone know a person like that in this room, that you know the person? It's not just about head knowledge, right? So I guess, in summary, the two kinds of knowledge. One is very much about theory, right? I know a whole lot. The other one is a lot about action. It's about the lived experience. It's about living and breathing this relationship with God. And of course... Right, we want to be able to get to this other knowledge, right? Which is how we begin to hear the voice of God. Okay, so now in that story, right, of what I've been sharing, let me share something now that I believe will really make sense to us as we kind of reflect on what kind of knowledge um, we sit at. And I want to read the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And as I read through this passage, I want, to, uh, I want to dissect some scriptures and share some thoughts God has been speaking to me about. So in Luke 10, 25 to 37, it says this, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, 
Shall I, uh, sorry, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Obviously, that's a very, very important question, right? That is a very important question. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus answers this question and makes it really clear of the kind of knowing that we are discussing today. And it's the kind of knowing that you know, involves all my heart, all my mind, all my strength, every part of me knowing my Father in heaven through Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit being with me. That's the kind of knowing, different to the abstract knowledge, right? Different from the one that you know, it's a standing back. This is an experiential knowing of our God. And he equally says that not only is it a love for him, but it's to love your neighbor, right? So as I said before, this kind of knowledge, the second kind of knowledge, always requires action. It's not just here. It's not just here. It's to actually go and to demonstrate that love by loving our neighbor. Because who knows that saying, I love my neighbor, um, and just saying it really doesn't do much, right? We can say, I love my neighbor so much. But until we act upon that love for our neighbor, and of course, today is Mission Sunday, so I hope this will kind of relate in time. Let me move on. Verse 28 says this, And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. So these first few scriptures highlight the outward focus, right, that we as believers are required to have. And not just an outward focus, an outward action. Action. The verse says, Love the Lord your God of all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus confirms an all-in love for God and an outward focus are the key for living and for eternal life. Let me move on to the next verse. 29 says, but he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Uh, this verse, it reminds me of the injustice occurring in the world. We, we just heard a little bit about the injustice that we are standing in the gap for, you know, in terms of the, uh, the, the trafficking situation. We're standing at the points of where young girls are about to make life-changing decisions based upon lies that there's a better life out there and I, need to, I, I can make money, I can earn an income, right? not knowing that they're about to become slaves of, of um, very evil, evil people. Right, There is a lot of injustice happening in this world. So I want us to understand that this story that Jesus is speaking about, this guy who is you know, um, stripped, you know, without his clothing, wounded, half dead, there are people amongst us that fit a similar description right, in this world, 
in the nations of this world, but also in our own community, sometimes metaphorically speaking, completely, right, defiled, completely broken, completely lost, completely in needing of a saviour. This is who our neighbour is. This is our neighbour. Let me continue. So this, ma- this verse makes me think of some of the injustice occurring in the world today. Human beings are robbed physically, as I said, and spiritually. Millions of children are being trafficked or have been trapped in sexual exploitation, right, with little hope of freedom. Their innocence is physically robbed. And of course, we've been reading in the last couple of weeks about the, the, the fact that there is a devil, right? Don't want to speak about the devil. Don't want to constantly, you know, uh, you know, be obsessed with what the devil's doing. You know, I, I lost my car parking spot the other day and it must have been the devil. I'm not talking about that, right? But the reality is there is, there is a devil and, and his purpose is to come and steal and to kill and to destroy. And we see that, right, in our world. We see, we see that happening all the time, right? Even, even in America at the moment, there's so much, right, confusion to our young people, you know, uh, gender, gender identity, a whole bunch of, you know, stuff that, the, that literally hell is being unleashed upon our young generations, right? There is so much injustice in this world. There is so much robbery, stealing and killing and destroying that the enemy is trying to execute right now. Physical and spiritual robbery. But let me continue back to the parable. 31 says this, Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Isn't this an amazing story? Because I talked about two kinds of knowledge, right? In theory, the men who have literally just stepped over or walked to the other side, in theory, they know. They know the truth. They know what they need to do in theory, right? But in practice, when it comes down to it, when the, when, when the, the person is broken, abandoned, and needs help, the, the, we, we discover what kind of knowledge of God they have. It's one that seems to be from a distance, um, abstract, full of you know, knowledge that comes from books or whatever. But when it comes to the action, right, there's a huge, huge gap. And of course, I'm speaking about a story that Jesus shares, and yet it might convict us, right? Because as I said, we are in a similar position, right? We just have to open up our eyes and hear that the king is speaking. He is speaking. And he is, the king is saying, you and I need to respond. We need to respond. I said the king speaks, but the question I'm having for today is, are we listening? Are we listening? Two religious men see a need, ignore it, and pass on by. Amazing story. Amazing story. You know, sometimes we can have selective hearing, as I've said before, and, you know, um, or we just don't know the voice of God yet. 
you know, because some don't even know him. And the Bible says that the sheep, they know his voice. So when you know the Father and he speaks, you know his voice. And he is speaking this morning. He's speaking when we show missions videos like that. He is speaking and he's saying there are needs in this world that you and I need to not walk to the other side, need to not step over, but need to respond. He is speaking. He's speaking just like he spoke to this man about the Good Samaritan. He's speaking to us this morning and he's convicting us, hopefully, or, 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 or encouraging us or inspiring us to continue to have a heart to say, God, I can do something. I can do something. I'm not seeing the change because I don't really care, perhaps. Maybe that's the response of the religious men. Were the religious men not seeing the need due to a lack of care? Who knows? Maybe their religion, religious duties sorry, took priority. As I said, different kind of knowledge. Different kind of knowledge. But isn't it amazing that this knowledge right, of doing the right thing right, and attending to the need is actually in, in the prophets and in the Old Testament. It says in Micah 6.8, He has shown you, O man, what is good. You have to understand, the men who have stepped aside and who have walked by know this passage. They know this passage. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Um, They know this passage and yet they walk aside and they they ignore it. It's not our religious reputation or rituals that please God, but rather to do justice and to love mercy. And I want to encourage you again, church, when we respond to the needs, right, whether that be in a, a great amount of financial contribution or less, it doesn't matter because God sees your heart. And I've always preached that from the words say go. But you are literally saying, God, your heart loves mercy and loves justice. And I'm hearing your voice this morning. I'm hearing you speak, and I'm not going to ignore it because the king speaks. The question is, are we listening? In 33, it says this, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day... When he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. I love this story. I love it. Being moved with compassion, he meets the need in the sight of God. As I said, this is between us and it is between God. And let me tell you something. If you're willing... And if your heart is open, right, God will speak to you about meeting needs in your own community as well. He will, he, will op- he, he, will, he will speak to you because he doesn't ignore the wounded. 
the afflicted, the oppressed, the depressed. He doesn't ignore the sick. He doesn't ignore them. He, he, he's giving us an example right here for us to take on and to say, God, I want to start listening. I want to start listening because this picture of this story is happening today. Being moved with compassion, he meets the need in the sight of God. Caring for the need can disrupt your schedule it takes effort and it can be costly. That's the truth. But it's what God requires of us to love our neighbor. As I said, the second kind of knowledge is action, right? My wife, I can tell her I love her, like I said in the, before, um, many, many times over. But it is my demonstration of love right, to her that really displays my love for her, and it becomes very real, very apparent that David actually does love me. Let me finish this story. 36 says, So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Mercy. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The king is speaking today, and he is asking of us to go and to do likewise. Amen? You know, I know that um, uh, financially uh, speaking, times are pretty tricky, can be tough. And sometimes, you know, I've shared this before, my wife and I, um, you know, we try and do our best with our grocery bill. And, um, you know, having many kids and, and, a, and a large family, that's pretty pretty tricky to do these days, and sometimes you see you know, what you used to get away with um, as far as how much you spend. You don't get away with that anymore. You just have to spend so much more. And, and I, I get that finance um, during this time of life at the moment with interest rates and different things. Can be, it can be tricky sometimes, but can I just testify, and I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again, that I've never been able to outgive God. God has always provided my needs, and I, I believe he always will because his word says it in Matthew 6, that he understands, he understands your needs before you even ask. He understands you know, the, the necessities, the, the things that help us operate as human beings. He understands. He is the creator, and he is also our provider, and it belongs to him to provide for us. And so what I'm saying is when you have faith and make that step to say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing in this earth. He, he, you are opening your heart up and your life up to say, God, it's, I'm not depending upon me being the guy. I'm not the lid here. I'm not the lid that's limited because I am limited and there's a lid, right? But when I begin to step into that realm of faith and say, God, you are my provider. I'm opening, I'm, I'm lifting that lid, so to speak. And I'm saying, God, flow through me Allow me, to be a blessing. Allow me to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. The Bible says, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The king. Can you believe, can you believe it? Can you, can you fathom what I just read? As you outstretch your hand to another in need, in desperation, you are ministering on to the king. That blows my mind. The king is, is receiving 
your sacrifice of praise as you generously give to others. It's amazing. We are limited, but God is unlimited. As we meet the need of others in obedience to God, He will supply our needs. He will. I just want to encourage us, church, that you know, continue being faithful in your giving and understand that you're, you're truly meeting um, a cause around the world that if, if it wasn't for um, people that actually cared, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. It would remain the same. We'd, we'd, we'd watch uh, or, or you know, gather information from the internet and be like, oh, what a bummer. That's so sad. Whoa, wow. We're not going to we don't, we don't We don't just stop there. We say, no, no, that's sad. We can do something about it. I want to encourage you. But let me finish with a thought that I began with, and that is, what kind of knowledge of God do you sit in? I asked us to reflect on that. Is it the kind of knowledge that, in theory, I know a whole bunch of things. I've been exposed. I've been blessed. I've been privileged to be, you know, um, to have an upbringing in the church, and I've heard Scripture since day dot, and I know so much. And yet, when it comes to hearing God's voice, I fail to hear his voice, just like the the two spiritual men who walked aside, stepped over, right? Don't you think that if they had their hearts in tune with Scripture right at that moment, it would have caused a different response, a different kind of knowledge, and that is one experientially experiencing God every single day of our life as we walk through this life, navigating the path, knowing that, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your voice in this. And then he begins to point out the needs around us. And he says, when you know me, when you actually know me intimately, like I know my wife, you know what, what, what my heart responds to. You know what the scripture requires us to do, and that is to love justice, love mercy, and to take action in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite Joe to finish up our service. Hopefully, church, you can be blessed by that, and um, yeah, hopefully Holy Spirit has spoken this morning. Thank you.